close to my heart. We are going to be talking about the story that we are part of. The other day, um, a friend of mine said to me, there's this guy who needed some encouragement and um, he just sent me his name. He didn't send me his, nothing, nothing more than just a name. Just a single, I can't actually forget the person's name. But it was, let's just say it was Bob. And um, he sent me this, this name. He sent it to a couple of us and said, hey, just ask Jesus how he wants to encourage this person. And um, so I just immediately sat down and uh, well, I, was, I was sitting down and I asked Jesus, how do you want to encourage this guy, Bob? And um, immediately I got a picture of um, this bamboo forest and this kind of this amazing whole kind of bamboo world that just opened up in my, almost like immediately. Yeah, you know, you know when, when I, one of those things you kind of sense, that's definitely not me, that must be Jesus, because I wasn't thinking at all about bamboo forests. So I just texted him, I wrote the little message, and, and there was a couple of other people on this group we've got, we kind of share encouragements when, when someone needs help. You know, you're meeting with someone, and you say, I need a word for this person, I need to encourage them. And most of the time, they're not people who follow Jesus. And so I shared it with him, and then two, three days later, I was thinking, geez, I wonder if that landed, you know? Have you guys ever had that experience? If like I've done something, and I wonder if that was a blessing, or a curse, or not, or it's completely me, or... And then I got the most exciting message back, just like this guy was just saying, like I said, I don't know anything about this person, I don't know where he is actually in the world, but um, yeah, he just planted a church, and the building that they, were, that they were trying to secure, and or had just recently secured, was surrounded by this bamboo forest, and he started to go into this whole beautiful story about how the bamboo, and just spoke to him, and Jesus was doing this thing, shooting up from the ground, whatever. and I'm telling you that story just briefly, because... Um, those kind of things that Jesus speaks into our hearts, they happen all the time. They're so normal. They, they should be just like, they kind of like, they are bread and butter that happen, you know? And um, the guy was like, he was, his mind was blown. And I was like, all I did was just got a picture of a bamboo forest and shared it with him and, you know, on, on WhatsApp. And um, this, is, this, is, this is the normal life. This is the story we're part of. This is the thing that we are all part of all the time, with Jesus speaking and doing things in our hearts to bless and bring his life into the world. So I want to talk into that a little bit today. And um, just to, to kind of say that uh, it doesn't always work like that, you know, where you kind of get a prompt and it's right. Who's, who's got one wrong lately? Can we just celebrate that? Anybody? Let's just give yourselves a hand for getting a few, taking a few risks, yeah? We're way more into risk than into reward. Yes? Yes? Because we're not going to get it right, as Ralph was saying a couple weeks back, or last Sunday, just, you know, a um, hundred times you pray for the sick, and, and then one of them may be healed, and then eventually we start to find our, our kind of spiritual muscles, and we learn how to move with, the, with Jesus, and we know when it's Him and not, and we, and we, and we start to see 10 in a hundred, and eventually, does it ever get to more than 10 in a hundred? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Ralph the healer, let's ask Ralph. It wasn't last week fun when we kind of got to share testimonies? It was super fun, eh? Yeah. So, um, Tim and I have been chatting a little bit about, kind of just saying, as we, as, we, as we kick off this year, and I, as many of you know, I've only been around here for a couple of months. Um, I really wanted to share a little bit of my heart and say to you guys, this is the story we're part of. And this kind of process, this theme, this idea is coming out of really, what does it look like to be a church community? What does it look like to be this gathered group of people around the Spirit of Jesus, who we are? And if He's not with us, we are really fools. Would you agree? You know, if He's not in our midst, if, he, if, if, people, if anyone came in here and go like, wow, those guys are just having the weirdest time, <laughs> and there's seemingly no reason, wouldn't we be foolish? <laughs> But it's because Jesus is in our midst and it makes sense because we start, you know, we see life happening. We think we see shoots coming up. That's, that's why we gather in this way. Um, a friend uh, of mine on, the, on YouTube, I call him a friend because I watch a lot of his stuff, is a guy called Erwin McManus. He's not at all a friend, but to me he's a friend because, you know, he's on my phone and he's on my computer and he's in my ears. And, um, he says that um, Jesus has made us, uh, has made me a better human. Or maybe he's made me human again. And I just want you to dwell on that for a little moment. So when we meet Jesus, what happens to us? What's going on in, in, on the deeper level with each one of us? Um, Jesus changes the way we see reality. And, and once we've seen Jesus, we can never see reality the same again. And so if you've watched Interstellar, does anyone remember that good movie? No? Not too old, not too old. Um, 
go. That's not my strength. Hollywood actors. Uh, Interstellar. Fantastic. Tim. I mean, Nick. No. Yes, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah. You guys remember it? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Good movie to just kind of throw you a little bit around reality and gravity and some fascinating things. But once we've seen Jesus, it does shift our, our ability. We, the way we see reality changes. And that's why I mentioned Interstellar. Because it's like, what is actually going on around you? Like the, the metaphysical level, what's happening? And um, this, this path that we're on, this ancient path of, um, as the, as the mi- missionaries to the uh, native um, South sort of Brazilian kind of native people termed it, this, this, this trail we are on, this, this trail of God's, you know, it's like some are walking on God's trail and others aren't. This trail we're walking on is one really of something where we've, we've, seen, we've seen Jesus and we've said reality, my reality has shifted and I'm now walking in a completely different way. I'm walking on a completely different path. And I just wanted to, to start and premise this with all of you guys, is that this story we're part of is an ancient story. It's a beautiful story. Many people have trodden this path before us. And if you think back about your own salvation, it's a beautiful thing to do. How on earth, how in heaven are you here today? And it's just to give thanks to Jesus that someone has trodden this path of believing and putting faith into lives that have resulted in you coming here today and, and being able to own a faith. It's a beautiful thing to think through. So this story that we're part of is much bigger than all of us. It's an ancient thread that runs through all of humanity. Right from the Garden of Eden to this moment right now. There's a story of coming into relationship, coming into fullness, coming into wholeness, coming into the image of God in the earth. And so when we talk about being fully human, it's that. It's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like we become again who God created us to be. You can say that's a bit edgy or you can say I agree if you want. In this church we're allowed to speak out loud. In England, I know you don't do it, but in this church we do. Oh, I was watching the rugby. I reckon they do it a lot there. But I must say, the Bears need a few more cheers. They've just got Bruce, no. And then no, no songs or anything. It's a young team, I suppose. It kind of needs to. Yeah. Very simple Simple, simple chant. Eh? It's quite an easy one to catch if you go to the rugby. I asked someone, like, so what are the cheers? And they said, yeah, so we've got the one. Bruce, no. I was like, okay. It's quite inspired. Yeah. Someone asked Einstein about his beliefs and his faith, and he said, um, If you try and penetrate with our limited means the secrets of nature, you'll find that behind all the discernible laws and connections, there remains something subtle, intangible, and inexplicable. And I think he spoke, he, he did a lot of thinking into what is there at the bottom. And just to say, kind of wrapping up this little intro part, is that if you, if you, if you dive into... If you dive deep into creation, you'll always find an imprint of Christ. If you go right below, there's, down on every level, there's an imprint of Christ. And this, this returning that we're talking about, this becoming human again, is this. It's this discovery of what is the Christ life. And we obviously, we don't just want to talk about the, there's a, there's a mystery. We talk about him as a person, as Jesus. That's what we believe. And so we come to, we've come to follow him. We've come to walk on his path. We've come to... To, to kind of set ourselves away from the trail we were on. And we're going we're gonna to go into the story of, of, the, um, of when Jesus called his first disciples in a moment. Um, but bear with me quickly to set a little bit of context. In the beginning of the book of Luke, we see him talking about John Baptist, and we see him talking about Jesus' birth. And there's, there's, there's a specific word that, that gets mentioned a few times, foretold. And so it was foretold that this would happen. And it was foretold that this would happen. These were people who were living in a context of anticipation, they were waiting, there was promises, there was prophecies. And so when um, Elizabeth got pregnant with John, it was a miraculous pregnancy, they had been waiting. There was an expectation. And there was things spoken over John's life. who was a cousin of Jesus. And then when Mary got pregnant with Jesus, again, there was things spoken. There was an angelic visitation. There was all sorts of things. These were people who were waiting. They had been expecting something great to happen, something to come. And so we are a people shaped by things that were foretold. 
as I, as I said to you earlier, that this legacy, this path we're walking on is all because people have prayed and spoken over our lives. I don't know, just looking at you guys right now as a family sitting together. All the prayers we pray over our kids and all the things we speak, we say that you would walk in this path, that you would know faith, that you would journey down this thing, that this legacy that I've come to know of Jesus would be yours too. And that's what we are all part of here today. You can say amen to that. It's a really beautiful thought to think that your faith is not just something that you've sucked up on a walk on your own with this encounter of Jesus. There's been things that have gone before you and, and, and have established. And so just like with John, and so, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into the story of John, but just like with John, we saw Zechariah and Elizabeth caught up and they start to say in, 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 in 1 Luke 68, he says, praise to God. God of Israel, because he's come to his people and he's redeemed them and he's raised up a horn of salvation for us. And, and they're talking about what was beginning to happen. There was a stirring that began to happen. The kingdom of God had begun to come in John, in the birth of John. And John began to be this foreteller. People would go out to Jordan, to the Jordan River and say, getting baptized because he was foretelling. He's saying, it's not me, but there's one that's coming. And so again, this model of foretelling. There's this, there's this thing, there's this pattern that's happening. And so just quickly connecting it to what... Nick said a moment earlier, is, you know, when we, when, we, when we prophesy, that's what we're doing. We're foretelling someone, we're saying, there's something greater for you. There's a destiny for you. There's something of God's image that you haven't yet discovered. There's something of the nature of Jesus that you're not yet walking in. And there's more for you. And so we speak life in that over people. And um, so anticipation, they were, they were waiting. They'd really been kind of expecting, hoping, holding on and thinking, um, when is this going to happen? When, when are we going to see this next, this breakthrough? And obviously they all thought it was going to be a militaristic uh, freedom that would come. There'd be this Messiah that comes on the clouds with a chariot and a golden kind of sword of fire and he would crush the Romans. But obviously um, we know that that, happened, that that didn't happen in that way. Um, even just to quickly do one other connection with, with the foretelling in Isaiah 61, he talks about... The Spirit of the Lord is on me. I've actually got, I've got this on a slide, Chris, thanks. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the freedom for the prisoners and to recover sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. This is the text that Jesus chose to pick up when He was in the synagogue. Um, and this is what really freaked people out because Jesus, is it up there? Yeah, great. Um, because he, just, he, he began to say, you know this, this thing that was foretold about there would be one that comes in the old text of, of Isaiah? I, this has happened in me. This is, I'm now that. And so he, he, he went and kind of continued to build this thread of the foretelling. You guys have been anticipating and waiting and this, people have been saying this in the, in the past, that this is me. This is, I'm here. I'm the one. And I love that um, little bit in the, um, the Passion Translation. It says, for the time of God's great acceptance has come. Now the hero of Jubilee, another way of saying that is God's great acceptance. Everyone is in. Everyone is welcome. Everyone who calls on Jesus is, is welcome. So, um, I'm going to ask Ezra, come and read that, that uh, chapter to us quickly. Can you put it up there for us, please? Um, Chris, thank you. I just asked Ezra to read this in his most high church voice that he's got. Come on, in this high church environment. So this is the text for today, guys. When we go, when we go through Luke five, just the first little bit. Go for it, Israel. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. 
Good. No, that's it. Thank you. Great high church voice. Was it? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, right, Ezra. Are you guys with me for another 10 minutes? Yeah? Can we do something more? And then we're going to pray together. I think just to, before we dive into that text, just to say, I, I guess as I'm kind of trying to summarize this whole concept of foretelling, to say to you that out of all obscurity in terms of Nazareth and these places, Jordan, where John was baptizing, all these things, there's a lot of glory that can come on a life that is willing to, to live by the promises and the prom- prophecies of God. Just to say that to you guys, it's for us to, to really begin to be, be people who say, things that have been foretold over my life, those are the things that are shaping my direction, my destiny. So that's why we value prophecy, that's why we keep doing it. And I think some of us, we go like, well, that can't be true of me. Has anyone ever had that? Where you kind of, someone's spoken something to you and you go like, no ways, that's not me. Have you ever had that? And you're like, that, have, you, have you seen those, um, the crazy churches, the one, like the vineyards, where... Um, where people speak a prophecy and then people go, oh, you know, like they're like, no. That, you know what they're doing is like, no, that can't be true. That's what they're doing. No, they're trying to let it pass. Is, it, is that what's happening, Nick? Is that accurate? No. Yeah, so has anyone ever seen those kind of churches? This, apparently this used to be one of those. Yeah? Has it, so... So we are from that... That is the, that is the, that is the path we, are, we have come from but yeah just to say to you that I think it's everybody said oh, what, what good could come out of Nazareth and what good could come out of this and we all have that low we can e- easily parallel ourselves to that example what good could come out of this Jesus what good could come out of this but those are, those are people who began to believe on the promises and the prophecies and they based their lives on them we saw it with Jesus that was so formative for him he, he quotes Isaiah he knows those things and he walked in them and he said this is the, I'm the one and he grew in talks about how he grew in stature and he grew in wisdom and he grew into who God had made him to be. The imprint, the picture, the, the Christness, you know, his true humanity. Okay, so this text. So in the, little, in the first bit, one day Jesus was standing at, at, at Galilee, the people were crowding around. I just want to say to you quickly there, lots of people were crowding around, but this is the text about Jesus choosing his disciples. And so I just want to say to you that sometimes Jesus chooses some and not others, and sometimes he chooses others and not some. And so I thought it was quite fascinating that in, that midst, in the midst of that, that he had, a, he, had, he had his sights on a couple of people he wanted to do something with in the moment. And it's really good for us to be able to hold that and to say, you know what, God is wanting to do something with a specific person in this place right now. And his eyes were open to that. And around him and listening to the word of God, he saw um, at the water's edge two boats. Again, Jesus' eyes were open. He was looking out he, and he saw, okay, here's a chance. Here's two boats. I probably think he had already preceded this thing. He thought, okay, I'm going to go where there's action, where there's fishermen, where there's people like this. And um, he let, um, left the fishermen, fishermen had left them there who were washing their nets. I love this a little bit. That these guys that Jesus chose were really hardworking people like us who've just signed up on our list for the things of God. Not just that Sunday is the thing, but... I do believe Jesus wants to make us workers as much as he loves us and wants us just to be loved without having to earn it. Who can say, i like to work with me for a moment? Anyone? Just like a little wimpy one. <laughs> just as gen- it's a gen- gentle. Bristol. Yeah. There you go. Just do like a Bristol-esque. I like to wash my nets. I'm keen to, to see the kingdom come. You, know, like, you want to do that? Yes. I'm keen yes. to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. We're gonna build, we're gonna be building. So just commenting on that, most preachers wouldn't be, but I think in this particular context, on this particular day, there are tables at the back, guys, to show the um, the outworking of your the fruit of your of your faith. Um, got into one of the boats. Uh, this is this is amazing. I think Jesus getting into one of their boats is a picture for all of us of how our lives should look. He's not on the fringe, like standing on the hill pointing at the fishermen and saying, you fishermen, change your ways. He goes right in and gets into the center of their lives. He, died, he, he asked them, can I come and stand and sit on your boat and, and be in the middle of what matters most to you? These guys, their lives were based around these, these nets and these boats. So he gets into one of the boats um, belonging to Simon. He asked him to put out a little bit from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. I think Jesus, there was, must have been, he, he must have been sitting down there thinking, you guys don't know what's about to come your way. Yet I reckon, just, I just love picturing Jesus with that sense of anticipation. 
He's like, I'm going to sit on this boat. I'm going to teach you guys. I'm going to establish. I'm going to lay a platform for you of what is about to come your way, that the kingdom is about to break in. And so he lays this platform of teaching them. And then, as we see, he begins to show them. Um, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Isn't that a cool mantra for all of us to hold as a church? Let's, put, let's be people who, who, who have heard the voice of God and we say, I'm willing to put out into the deep water, even though I spent all night fishing and I didn't see any fish. Yeah? Could you say that to someone next to you for a moment? I am someone who puts out into the deep water. Yeah? Just say it. We're just kind of establishing faith. We're stirring up faith. I'm someone who puts out into deep water. Yeah? Yeah. Are we those people? Yeah? Are we, are we those people we put out into deep water? And we let down our nets for a catch even when it doesn't seem like uh, there's anything on? You know, could that be a mantra for us? Everyone's looking around going, are you, are you mad? We fished all night, there's nothing. Could that be our mantra, everyone? Could that be like the crazy, thank you, I see that hand. Could we, could, we, could we be those crazy kingdom people who go like, it looks like nothing is on here. You know, to use another rugby analogy, it's like you're right down the wing. Where the heck is that foot going to go? But you still, there was a good try last night at the Bears, that's why I keep going back to it. But it's that, there's nothing on. And that's, that's the nature of being kingdom people. Because it's been foretold that the kingdom's going to break in, in power, in ways we can't think, see, ask, or imagine. So could that be a good mantra for us? I, that maybe you hold this week, when you're having a low time, you say to yourself, self, I put out into deep water. Yeah? Okay? You want to do it again quickly? Yeah? No, you don't, but I'm making you do it. So let's do it again. Just tell someone near you, I don't want to do this. But I am one of these people who puts out into deep water because I've got a mantra in my life to see the kingdom come. Yeah? And Simon answered, Master, we worked all night and we haven't seen any fish come. And that's he's talking about failure and past experience. Who, who, who's, who, just be super, super vulnerable. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Who's seen, who's seen past experiences and failures that say, I don't want to put out into deep water? Anybody? The whole church should be, should be there with me now. The best way to get a response. Who's a failure? Come on. <laughs> yes. This is a great, humble church. Eh? I think we need to change. We need to, we need to shift. We need to become a bit more confident. So we're, build, we're building towards a new mantra, guys. But does he, he, the first thing that, that we do when Jesus speaks and says, put out into deep water, go for another catch. I want to see. I'm going to show you something as we go, yeah, but we fished all night. Yeah, but I don't have this. I disqualify myself in this way. We haven't seen... I can imagine Adam and Rebecca wanting people to come gather at the Methodist Church and they go, oh, but there's no parking. Or like, how are they going to come? All the practicals. We think through everything. We're like, how's this going to happen? But if we people who are basing our lives on um, things that have been foretold, there's a shift that's coming to all of us. So let's go on. When, he, um, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat, come and help them, to come and help them. And, and, um, and they came and they filled both boats, so full that they began to sink. Isn't this cool? Hey? We were there going, Jesus, I can't, it's not going to happen. I've tried deep water before, actually last night, just recently, and it didn't happen. And uh, I've gone through too much. I'm too broken. I'm too. I'm, there's just, I'm just too flawed. I just. I could never step into that. I couldn't be that type of a person. You talk about this beautiful humanity, and when I sometimes sing, I experience your presence. But me, right now in this moment, I could never walk with you, Jesus, in that way. Who, who, who can relate to that? I think we all have those voices, those inner voices that are speaking that all the time, and 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 using this very beautiful practical analogy. They take the step of faith and they go and they put the boat, they, 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 they put the boats out again and Jesus comes. Beautifully. I've got a story of this. A, a close friend of mine is a farmer and he, wanted, and he was wrestling with not having enough um, feed for the animals and didn't have enough money and was praying and at this point was a kind of a in and out hot and cold believer of Jesus and prayed and asked Jesus, I need, this is like, this is like a kind of a, more of a plea of desperation. If I don't get feed for these animals, you know, I don't know where the money's going to come from to feed them. And, and um, that very afternoon, he got a call from a company saying, hey, we've actually got a whole bunch of stuff that's going to rot if no one uses it. It's sort of they had overboard or whatever. And he needed to go and then rent a truck. This is like a small scale farmer. 
needed to rent a truck, an eight-ton truck, and to do like four or five loads of food that he had food for six months. This was just about nine months ago I heard this story. I just thought, that's Jesus right now. And I just, like, this is, to, to, to draw this, you know, you say, Jesus, I need food for the animals, it's like till payday. And he goes, hey, get a truck, because I'm going to send you some food. Who would like to have that kind of relationship with Jesus, with the things that we're holding on? So those are the people that put out into deep water. That's what we begin to see. So when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the feet at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Isn't that kindness just so moving of Jesus when he comes in that way? You know, I just think, I just picture like Simon Peter going, examining himself and going like, Why the, why the, why the heaven would you... Why that, you know, would you be this kind to me? You know, I, has anyone watched The Chosen yet? They like hype it up obviously before that Simon had all these debts and he had to, we don't know what was going on fully with Simon, but I think that was a beautiful, you know, he had, he had a life. He, he, he needed, he needed that fit, that catch that hadn't happened. And then this guy comes and comes right into the center of his life, as Jesus does with all of us. He sits on his boat and he teaches and then he shows him what he was teaching. What he been teaching about? He says, you know, if you come my way, things just begin to shift. And he doesn't then just do it in a small measure. He blows his mind to the point where the whole community is blessed. I don't think they'd ever had that had catches that sunk boats on multiple boats, because based on what we understand by the Galilee then and now, it's completely overfished. So they weren't really fish, and they were small. And all of a sudden, there's this whole abundance. And Peter falls to his knees because he's like, why would you be this kind to me? We have to stay in touch with that, guys. We really need to stay in touch with the fact that Jesus is kind to us, not because of anything we do, but because of who He is and wants to be to us. And so just as you're sitting there, I'm going to just pray for a little moment. I'm going to pick up on the story, but I just encourage you, close your eyes, open your hands. Just join me as we pray. Thank you, Jesus, that there is nothing we can do that would ever shift how kind you want to be to us. That your kindness is given to us freely, Jesus. And I pray, Jesus, that you would make each one of us increasingly abundantly aware of the kindness that hovers and weaves itself and wants to, it's just pressing in on our lives at every turn and every moment if we turn ourselves to you. So would you just come and reset our sense like just before as I was preparing just to pray in this moment to just say, Jesus, we need a reset. We need to reset our minds and to, have a, to, to review how we know you and, and your posture towards us, Jesus. That you are kind to us, Jesus, because of nothing we do, because of who you are. And we just give you thanks in this moment. So just join me for another 10 seconds. If, 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 a, if a word of thanks comes on your lips, you just say it to him. Just say, Jesus, I give you thanks again that your kindness has come onto my life. Your kindness has come onto my life, Jesus. Yeah, amen. So then Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and they left everything and they followed him. I'm just jumping ahead a little bit there. He's so kind to us. Eh? He just says, don't be afraid. I know you. I know you've got all that stuff coming up again and you're kind of like, you're already thinking, um, yeah, but if I, you know, can, who wants to, who wants to, vulnerably say their reason. Anybody want to shout out the reason why they don't want to just dive all in and be all Jesuses in the moment? I'll be embarrassed or whatever. Yet, uh, just two days ago, my neighbor was saying he was sick and I said, can I pray for you? And he was like, no, God doesn't do any healings. <laughs> so I said, it's fine, you know, I'll pray for you anyway. And then he went on further to say, well, it will still be the tablets that fixes me. So... I mean, some could say that's embarrassing, you know, it's like stepping into, but, but I said to him, we'll go for a duel. It will be tablets created by the hand of grace. How's that? And um, he didn't like it because I was too smart for him, you know. But I still prayed for him. And um, whatever it might be, God, I'm, I've got this fear. I, what will happen to my family? What will it look like? What will happen to my career? Where will I go? What will I eat? What will I do? What will, what will my life become? I'll be embarrassed. I'll be... I, 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 you know, uh, everyone that knows me will think something different of me than they currently do, which we all know they don't think about you, they think about themselves. Um, does everyone know that when you walk into a room, no one is thinking about you? That should help, eh? When you're thinking about being kingdom people. Nobody is thinking about you. 
besides maybe your mom or dad. And it's just a fleeting thought. The rest of the people in that room that are like so intimidating and daunting are thinking about their wonderful selves. So Jesus says to them, don't be afraid. Um, from now you'll fish people. And I think that's beautiful. Jesus, is, he sees the fear and he says, you know what, fear is normal. It's, it's a part of it. And he gives them a roadmap and he, and he invites them onto this ancient path that we are on right now, that Jesus, that Jesus walked on, that John walked on, that Nick and Tom are walking on, that I've been walking on, that all of you guys, that Ezra's been walking on. This is, this, is this, this is this path that he invites them into. And he says, from now on, you're not going to just fish and celebrate. Because most of us would have stopped and opened a fish shop. So we, we would, you guys, obviously, in Bristol, that's what you would have done. You would have paused and thought, we've got enough of a catch here. We could really establish ourselves. We can set this up and just sell fish and chips for years now. Take the profits, buy Bitcoin, we settled. It's done. But is Bitcoin allowed to be mentioned? Okay. It's a bit edgy in some circles. We are going to start accepting Bitcoin as a currency for our tithing. And some people said that wasn't okay, but uh, we are officially, so start getting those coins warmed up. So most of us would have opened a fish shop in that moment. But these guys dropped what they had with them and began to follow Jesus. I think it's just a, it's just a beautiful moment to, to, to dwell on, to reflect on. Um, so I want to invite you guys to just join me. We're going to read this little text again. Chris, can you go back to the first one? This is the reason why these, these guys dropped what they had. So let's read this together. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So this is our mandate, friends. This is our, this is our invitation to be part of this, this story with Jesus. That as he said that this is the spirit that's on me, he said to all of us, I now give you my spirit. And so these fishermen began to follow Jesus in this story. And um, he wants to shape and mold us in that very way that he did with them. Yeah, I think I, I just, I, I have such a strong sense of the, you know, when 2020 happened, I don't know if this happened so much in England because we were still in Cape Town, but... Um, Everyone said there was going to be this great reset. There was going to be this new 2020 kind of, it was just going to be a shift for all of us. Did anyone have a kind of a strong sense of that for themselves? That they wanted, they were kind of, this is a new, this is going to be something new. That, you know, this is a new time, almost just practically in the earth because there was this 2020. And at least the prophets were really selling a lot of handkerchiefs on it because. Um, there was a whole kind of movement of we're going to have this 2020 vision and we're going to be able to see things for as they are. And then COVID came. And I believe that Jesus is so busy in the earth right now. And this invitation for us today is to really know the time that we're in. There's never been this much desperation and hunger for something of substance in Bristol. I, I, I'm like blown away. People said to me, you know, you're going to go. I've just been... Doug, Doug didn't like that point. Um, sorry, Doug. Um, New Zealand is a great country. Can I carry on now, Doug? Is that fine? Is that what you wanted to hear? Um, there's never been a time like this. I, I, people said to, to us, you're going to go to Europe, and it's this kind of um, this dark place where they don't know God and they have no needs. They, you know, there's, it's just difficult. And I, every single person I meet is like on the tip of their tongue is an openness. And we've, I don't think, I don't know if it was like this before COVID. So I'm, I'm, I'm connecting it largely to that. But there's never been this level of openness to the things of meaning and substance in our city. And Jesus in, is inviting us to become people who know the time we're in. I feel like Jesus has literally come and he sat on the boat. He sat in the center of Bristol and he said, come, I'm going to begin to teach you guys. And he's busy doing it with all of us. He's like saying to us, the Sunday thing you do, yeah, it's okay. But what really matters is that we're throwing our nets out in the deep water. You know, that, 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 that's the invitation that he's, that, he's, that, he's, that he's putting on to us as a church community. And that, like I say, I don't think that we can 
we can ever kind of go back to what we understood to be the, the model of God before, where we have this process and a rhythm of connecting with Jesus through liturgy and patterns. Jesus is really, really on the move in Bristol. I don't think, um, I heard a story from, from someone just this week, uh, such an encouraging story. A five-year-old child asked uh, their mom about Jesus. And the family weren't Christians because they'd been hearing about Jesus in, in different ways at school. And so it's just like Jesus is moving. He's busy engaging people all the time through dreams and things. So I really do want to say to you guys that it's time for us to know the time that we are in. The time that we're in. I think um, from the stories last week at the food bank, it's just like really mind-blowing to hear what Jesus is busy doing through just meeting a need and then you know, just like he taught and then he displayed, just like, can we feed and then explain? And he, and he, just, he just did this thing. Um, so I'm going to invite you guys to stand with me and uh, just going to declare two or three things over us and then we're going to pray together. How does that sound? Can we do that? So just like, just like um, these guys, these young fishermen, are we people today... Um, and I know it's, it's sometimes easier, but this is why we have these environments where faith is normal. This is the currency of the room today. But are we people who are willing to drop everything that we have and go like, I've seen the catch. I've understood. And for us, obviously, I'm talking about this catch is Jesus. You know, he's the one who's turned our gaze. And it's, it's why we prayed into his, the kindness of Jesus earlier. But he's the one who's turned our gaze and we've said, whoa, oh, could you really be that good to me, Jesus? That you've... You've, you've like reached right into the center of my life and you've shifted the way I knew myself and you've shifted my family and you've shifted my, my prospects and you've, and you've set me on a course. You've given, me, you've given me a direction. You've invited me into a bigger story. Yeah, so while I was um, preparing for this, I, is there anybody in the room who um, has had a dream to go to the pyramids in Egypt? Just be, be vulnerable, just do a little, like a little Bristol finger on the, just from the back there. Anyone want to go to the pyramids? I've got a, I've got a prophetic word for you. There's two. There's two of you, fantastic. Which one of you wants to go more? <laughs> the sense I had was this person really wanted to go to the pyramids, so that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to both of you for the, for the moment. But um, I know Louise, what's your name at the back there? Tristan. Tristan, good to meet you, man. So Louise and Tristan, just open up your hands quickly. I just want to pray over you guys quickly for a moment. Just thank you for these, for these two wonderful people who are walking on your path, Jesus. And as I got that picture of you guys wanting to go to the pyramids, I had a sense that um, it wasn't just this dream that Jesus wanted to meet you in. And uh, I felt really strongly that Jesus said that I, I want to begin to meet you guys in the place of your dreams. And so this was just a kind, of, kind of like who wants to go to the pyramids. It was an easy one to grab hold of. But it's actually something deep that Jesus wanted to do and begin to shift for both of you in dreams. So I just release that over you, Tristan, right now in the name of Jesus. That how God wants to meet you in the place of your dreams. That you would come and do it, Holy Spirit. I sensed him just saying to you, it's, it's okay. I'm speaking to you, Tristan. Just sensed him saying to you, it's okay to let go of some dreams and to pick up some new ones. And so we just release you the love of Jesus on your life right now as you do that and as you journey with Him. And over you, Louise, you speak the favor of Jesus over you right now. And it's not just that dream, but there's more that He wants to flood your life with, Louise, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Um, the, another thing, who, who's willing to be vulnerable and just to say, I really need to put a stake in the ground over a family, specifically kind of like immediate family relationship that's not well? Anybody? I want to just do some prayer and de declaration over you. Yeah, thank you greatly. Anybody else? A family, a family relationship. I got. I was. I was thinking around around today and just heard the spirit say, "It's time to put a stake in the ground and begin to begin to do things in in faith and in courage um, over broken family relationships and um, those that don't believe and those that are, that might be at odds." The broken and what seems irreparable. So we just speak your life, Jesus, into all these scenarios. Any of you that have raised your hands, we speak the life of Jesus into those things right now. We invite your presence there, Jesus. 
I invite your presence. Yeah, we invite your presence. We just declare, and I just encourage you guys, that I feel like there's an invitation to journey with Jesus in this thing of like, I'm going to put a stake in the ground. I'm going to say, these are the two or three things. This is the time, this is the timeline that we're going to see a shift and a move by the, by the power of God. And then one other thing was just on Friday night, um, I was praying with someone, and I love those phrases. We had so many cool phrases from from um, last Sunday, and people were saying all sorts of things. I love my, probably my favorite one was, uh, I, I promise I'm not making it up, miss, after someone had been prayed for and was healed. But on Friday night, someone was over at our house and he had a sore back and, and, he, and he said to me, oh, I couldn't do that before. I was like, I just love all of these little things that you begin to hear. Um, I'm moving in a way that I haven't for days. It's like, yes, Jesus, you're doing that. You're stirring faith in us, in our lives. So we're gonna, Nick and I are going to lead you guys in some prayer. Um, and we've got one more song prepared. It's the end of the message. But Jesus is with us and he really wants to move in our midst and encourage us. There's more that he wants to do. So, yeah, maybe all of us, let's just... Open our hands up before him. We invite you to come, Jesus. Come and move. Um, I think probably just as we're, we're going to play this song, I had the sense that the, the stuff that we thought of at the beginning, the things that God wanted us to bring to him, um, as well as things that have popped in our heads as Kayla's been talking, the kind of things that we feel might disqualify us, either stuff where we feel we're not good enough, very specific things, or... Um, stuff that's happened when we've tried to step into what we feel God's been doing in the past, I feel very strongly that God's saying there are no hindrances. There's nothing that he can't overcome. There's nothing that can't be healed. And you, you are worthy of stepping in. The, the invitation is there. Things are being stirred and it's time. So just as I'm I think Let's open our hands and say, God, come. And as we open them, maybe you can envisage holding that thing, that incident, the disqualification that you feel in your hand, as like a, here you go, God, take it. I don't want it anymore. I need you to sort this out. And it's risky doing that, is we have to trust that he is actually real, that he's actually good, that he's actually faithful. Jesus, we want to be people who put out into the deep water. Come, Jesus, right now by your spirit. We invite your presence. Would you come and move in this place, God? We love that you're with us. Come and move our hearts. Come by your presence right now. We're going to sing. What is this song we're going to sing? Jesus, we love you. Let's sing it together. Just trust that he's moving in our midst.
feel like let's take a step and we go, I want to step into the deep waters, I want to be that person again. He goes, Jesus has spoken things over my life that I haven't yet seen and I want to, and I want to walk into them. I'm not going to settle and I'm not going to kind of stay where I am. And we're going to sing that chorus, Jesus, we love you again. It's a kind of a time of saying, Jesus, I love you and I step towards you, Jesus. I step into the things that you have for me. So however you need a step, if you want to go and stand on the stage or out or come up here, whatever, just like encourage you. Literally, physically take a step and we say, Jesus, I'm stepping in again to the story, this biggest story that, that, you, that you have over my life. I want to be someone who, who, who puts out into the deep water. And those of you that, that are just around, just keep engaging with Jesus as we sing. I'm just saying we want to be people who put out into the, into the deep water, Jesus, and, and have our eyes and our hearts and our minds set on you, Jesus. Our wallets, our time, our energy set on you, Jesus, with all that we are, Jesus. That there'd be nothing to us that's not about you, Jesus. That it begins to be impossible, Jesus, to know us and not to know you, Jesus, and the life with which you, you've given us, Jesus. Yeah, we love you, Jesus, with all our hearts. So let's raise up that song together. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. We're coming to you, Jesus. We come before to you. You are the Our devotion, oh. 
go, feel free to rush off. And we're just, we're just going to dwell here for a couple of more minutes, guys. I'm going to formally close a meeting like this, but I'm just going to keep just encountering with Jesus. And if you want to just stay in his presence, do that. So I want to encourage you to come and ask Nick and I. We'd love to pray for physical healing with you. Ask someone next to you if you, if you need physical healing. We'd love to declare healing over you. <clears throat> Thank you.